Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Brilliant club. The way they treated players and the way they let players go, and Yap's not the first or the last that I've heard from. Have you any resentment towards that? Well, at that time, I was furious because you don't expect it. You go to school, you get your English lessons, <laughs> you think you can talk English, but then you need to speak to a Scotchman. Or oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from yeah. Just talk to us about Istanbul. <laughs> This is... Uh, What's your story? No, <laughs> it's better than yours. <laughs> yep, yap, Stam is a big Dutch man. Get past him if you think you can. Try a little trick and he'll make you look a pr- Yep, yap, yap, Stam. Get a big yip, yap on. Big yap. Yip, yap. He's a good... A great guy. Another great guy. <laughs> it's a good lad. Yeah, great. Oh, great lad. Good lad. Right, just to give you a thread here, so we can keep it on track. <laughs> right. So, yes. He won the Dutch Player of the Year. Mm. It says here, Footballer of the Year. Who hasn't? That is seven. No big deal. <laughs> you say, yap and you come, yap. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> just going through your uh, CV. You good, yap? Yeah, good, thanks. What? You guys? What age are you? Good. What age are you? Fifty-one. You're young as you? me. Jesus <laughs> 51, unbelievable, eh? Time flies. Mm. It's this RT here, yeah, this mighty here. Yep. Jesus Christ. Someone do a drug test out there. Yeah, I, I love, do you like these? These are amazing. Is it the raspberry? Are they a raspberry? No, they're they're raspberry are these, these are not the raspberry, these are chocolate ones. Oh, Gary, you're slacking off. What with? We only like the raspberry. I didn't have one of them. Oh, do you want that? Uh, I've had one. Yeah, I've had one. Raspberry's like not a level up, lads. Yeah. Who's anyone listening? <laughs> <laughs> this is like championship. We need. Do you want one of these? Yeah. Oh no, no, thanks. No, 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 You're yeah, looking well, yeah. What do you do training? Like? You look like I just run three or four times a week. How far? Uh, between ten and fifteen kilometers. Jesus. Hell, yap. Try to be Iron Man stuff. I'd pull my calf if I did that. Oh, I did in the beginning as well, but after a while, you get used to it. On your own, yap, or with other? Yeah, on the treadmill or outside. 
I couldn't do it on the treadmill. The treadmill's... That's like pain. It's like that... Pain. You ever see me in the gym, you know I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't feel like you need to do something. No, I do. Right? I, I, I do uh, hit weights. Hit training. <laughs> yeah. No, I do like the... The, the, the 45. Yeah, 45. 45. Yeah, I do that. Do you go to Barney's? Oh, I that, used to. Oh, is that the new thing now? Oh, new yeah, garlic 45. bread. That <laughs> 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 well, was a trend, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Living extra 10 years. Fuck. Roy used to come with me one morning. I tell you what we should do. Next stick to football. We'll, we'll meet there. At, I think Where? In Salford, in Manchester. Near, right, near your place, yeah. Six yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 6.45. 6.40 session or the 7.30 session. Mm. We'll meet there and we can do what? it together. How long is it It's that time in the morning you're talking about? Is it yeah. 45 minutes? I did, I did it at 6 o'clock this morning. Is it, is, 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 what's it last? 45 minutes? 45 minutes. Done. I'm on my second dream of that. Six number. <laughs> it, it, it's like a circuit, like a... OK. What, with other people? Is yeah, there a group of people? Yeah. yeah, there's a group of people. Like 20 people, 15 turn up. Squats, press-ups? Yeah, no. all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. I can't do that. No? But yeah, you're the strongest man in the world. No, I don't I have a back, uh, back problem. Oh. Yeah, no wonder. No wonder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody carrying, carrying around. People. Yeah, you did right. <laughs> that was that midfield leaving us one on one, Jap, all the time. You remember Keeney when he needed to track back and then he's f***ing giving you a bollocking. Exactly. Don't run back. You're too deep. You're too deep. That was the easy one in the lock. You're too deep. Him and Butty. You're too, too deep. deep. Stay up. I was coming from a good place, Jap. I was coming from a good place. You just checked the yards I used to cover. about 16 kilometres. You just get back and they're saying you get away. Yeah, yeah. He was behind the goal at this stage. <laughs> he was the worst Zola. Yeah. You know, he played against Zola. Oh. Zola in behind my back, yeah. but obviously they couldn't come out. You arguing over Zola. See, Del Piero's going yeah. into that hole there in that pocket, which he did do at the time. Mm. I'd be like, I can't go in there because he's going or something else is yeah. out of the box. Yeah. So you're literally thinking, right, Roy, just block five yards that way. You, you almost want like a little, like, like, <laughs> a joystick. Yes, just a You know what I mean? Moving. But then they think that, like, they know the position without you can. Controlling them, you know what I mean? And he's just two yards right. All he makes all the Defenders go in there now, though, don't they? Yeah, they no. go in now, but then all of a sudden you've... Yeah. How did I survive all those years? <laughs> <laughs> how, many, yeah. how many Premier Leagues? It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it does to Pep. <laughs> <laughs> let it go, lads. Let it go. No, don't let it go. Welcome to Stick to Football, brought to you by Skybet. And this week we've got an ex-Manchester United teammate of myself and Roy's, a giant, monstrous centre-back by the name of Yap Stam. Yap, welcome to Stick to Football. And Thank you. You win the Dutch Footballer of the Year in your first year at PSV in 96-97. And then, not far after that, a year or so later, you end up at Manchester United. So what's the first sort of contact you had and what were the first moves made by Manchester United to sign you? Because we, be honest with you, you in England and you used to have this before. You don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want to know I me. I didn't no. say that. No, we, no. Fair, we, honestly, you, you, we wouldn't no. probably yeah, know you that much. And not just you, there's a lot of coming first. in there. In fact, he said yeah. to me, who hasn't won the Dutch Player of the Year? <laughs> <laughs> First training session. It's a public, is it? Anyway, anyone can win it. Yeah. But yeah, because talk to us about how Manchester United comes about and at the time, it was a big fee for a centre-back, obviously. It, it was, yeah. The most expensive defender at that time as well. But they came a year before. They, uh, they, they phoned my agent and they said, well, they had interest in, in signing me. And at that time, I wasn't ready, so I... I Why? I set, Why were you ready? Well, because I, I was at PSV, was it um, two and a half seasons, more or less. And I wanted to, to establish myself more in Holland first. Right. And I wanted to be uh, like one of the players in the first 11 of the national team as well. 
And when I went to PSV, I just joined the national team and afterwards I started playing over there as well. And sometimes I think as a player, you need to get that feeling that you're ready for it. Mm. And, and um, after, was it, well, well when, they, when they showed interest, I signed a new deal at PSV. And then six months later, well, I, I told them that I wanted to go. And, and I think that's how it goes in football as well. Within a short period of time, you can feel that you're making steps. Um, I felt as well in Holland, you know, while we're talking about the league, you know, it is, it is a league of three, four big teams, you know, um, they can challenge each other. The rest of the league is, yeah. well, with all due respect, it's, it's nothing, you know, so there's a, there's a big change and you want to go eventually to a higher level. And then I made the choice to, to go over. And, and, and luckily for me, United kept, you know, kept tracking me, kept following, following me as, as well every game. Was, that Sir, Alex, training was, that, well. was that Sir Alex speaking to you or watching you? Had he come to watch? Yeah, he phoned me as well a couple of times yeah, during the season as well, after games. Fucking, fucking stressful that time. That was Scottish. <laughs> so that was, you couldn't understand that was hard to understand. Yeah, because in Holland, you, you go to school, you get your English lessons. <laughs> you think you can talk English, but then you need to, you need to speak to a Scotchman. Or Scotsman. him. Yeah. <laughs> Liverpool. Yeah. No, so that was a challenge. No, but he, he did that. He did that well. And, and, and I think sometimes as a, as a manager, if you really want to have a player and you're really convinced that he can do the business for you and your, and, and your team. You've got to tap him up. Yeah. No, well, <laughs> I, I know, no, but I know, you, I know you can't do that. You know, and, and, and I know it's, it's not allowed to. But um, you need to show in a way as, as, a, as a club that you're interested yeah. in, in the player, that you really want to have him. Who was the player, what you played against, you thought, yeah, this is the level I need to be at because this guy's causing me problems? Did you see his first game? Community Shield? No. Yeah, an Elka? game. We, 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 uh, is that an Elka? Yeah, yeah. We got, we got beat 3-0. Yeah. Arsenal had won the double, if you remember. The, so the context of Yap coming to United is that Arsenal win the double. Yeah. Wenger's taking over English football. We're a sort of little bit on the down. We'd had the injuries the season before. I think, Roy, you'd been injured. Yeah. Uh, Pally had got injured in the running. Schmeichel had got injured. I think Giggsy had a bit of an injury. But we, it was a big summer because we signed Yap, Jesper Blomqvist to cover Giggsy on the left, which we never had any cover for, and Dwight York. But Yap was one of the first signings. Um, so the first game was the... That was a tough field. game because I think in pre-season it went quite well, quite OK. But then you're playing the like, smaller teams as well. Mm. So, so, and then, then the first test was that game. And then uh, you play against the likes of Anelka. Uh, who else played up front? Was Overmars. Overmars. Dennis was there as well. And then you feel, as, as a player for myself, you, you feel the, the difference within the, the opposition, the quality of the opposition, uh, the, uh, the physique in the, uh, in, in the team's uh, pace that the opposition has tactically as well, uh, in, in different difference in, in positioning as well. Yeah, so I had, I had a really, really uh, bad game, hard game, tough game. Good lesson for myself as right, well in that right. game. For me, it was a great eye opener yeah. as well in making that's that next wanted, step. Huh? That's what you wanted. Because that's what you want. You know, you don't want to get beat like that. You know, because it's hard as well. It's hard to take. Yeah. For me, it was hard to take. You know, to see you get done at certain times. You know, during the game as well, that you're out of position. You can't get tight. You know, you try to cover um, the pace of an elk at times <laughs> as well. You know, there's nobody next to you to cover. You. <laughs> Oh, everybody I was, is. I was trying to look after Overmars. <laughs> everybody is stepping up and doing this. I mean, what was it like coming into that dressing room? You're coming into a dressing room. You've come from obviously PSV, but yeah, these yeah. lads have, you know, won numerous titles, FA Cup. For me, it felt like starting from from zero again. 
And in the beginning of, to be honest, in, in, in the beginning of being at United, the first couple of months, sometimes I was in Montreal Mall. I was, I was by myself with mm. my wife and kid and home. I was yeah. sometimes in the room. I thought, what the fuck have I done? <laughs> no, really, you know, you know. What, staying at that hotel? Or <laughs> as, well, as well, no, but I mean, I mean, you know, you, you have a comfortable life, you're doing well yeah. and everything. You go to a different league, um, different language, uh, well, a bit similar, but different culture. Uh, different people, your family's not there, no friends, um, so you need to adapt to to everything. And it's it's a big step and people forget that. Yeah, they do. Well. Yep, you're, you're right. right. People do forget that. Go, 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 I want to go to the toilet. Can we do that now? Yeah, you can go. We'll carry on talking while no, you go. Sorry. Sorry. Excuse me a sec, fellas. I think you underestimate that, It's what happens when you get to 60. <laughs> do you not think? Because we've never done it. We've never gone up. Obviously, I've come from Ireland. But you do take that for granted when a player comes in yeah. and he uh, should hit the ground running. But as you said, you're stuck in a hotel with your family and... If the first few games don't go particularly well for a player, oh, but you're thinking, yeah, yeah. you know what? Oh, exactly, because then at the time, like you're saying, you know, people are writing things because you're the most expensive defender at that time as well. People on the streets are talking to you like a waste of money. I'm thinking, yeah. what the hell's going on over here? <laughs> you know, you've never, never had that in Holland. So, so it goes into your head, you know, with everybody. You can say whatever you want. A lot of people are saying, yeah, no, it doesn't do anything with me. But you're thinking about it when people are saying it. Did you doubt yourself in those early days? Yeah, I, I did at that time, yeah, I did. I did, but then it's yeah. Well, it's good that people around you hopefully trust you. You know the players that that, that you're that you're with, the manager tr uh, trusts you as well, and that, that gives a certain comfort. Um, you, you don't read the papers anymore. You stop reading papers. Um, well, well, luckily there, there was no social media, of course. But yeah, we always say that we we always felt it was a good dressing room. But did you feel it when you first came in? Because sometimes maybe I'm, you know. Your memory can play tricks in yet. Were you comfortable no, in the dressing room? No, I, I was comfortable. In, right? I, I was comfortable. You know, it's like I said to Jamie, you, know, you start from zero, you need to get to know all the guys again. But everybody, everybody was very helpful. Yeah. Um, I, I think the guys saw what I could do in, in the training sessions. Mm. I think that gave them a certain belief as well. Um, but, but yeah, but it, it's clear for a player, I think, when you go and join a big club like United, that you need to prove yourself. You, you know, when you, you come from Holland, and Holland is almost... A country where you think maybe because you go back years, you think of like sort of Johan Cruyff, Rene Schmeichel's everything's about mm -hmm. you know four three three, really tactical. Yeah, yeah. Players have got a big opinion on maybe how a team should play. So you've come from that environment. What was it like at United in terms of a lot of the time these lads will say themselves, we were really attacking gung ho. How, how was that for you? How, how was it different? I think back in, in in the day when we played, it was probably more difficult than than playing now, because of now even it's more tactical. Mm. Everything's more organised. Everything's more stopping counterattack. More set up in how you want to attack and how. And see, yeah, no, but in, yeah, no. <laughs> midfield players not leaving you vacant. No, but in, 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 in sitting back and in waiting and transition and you know everything's programmed now uh, now as well. And, and I do that myself as a manager as well. But when when we played, I think we were more as a team as well. We we were more like we wanted wanted to go forward. We were attacking, you know, everybody was, was going to barge forward. Sometimes me and Ronnie, we were just 1v1. Gary was up there as well. You know, I could shout at him fucking all I want, but he was just taking off. He didn't, he didn't want to defend. He was there, you know. So sometimes we needed to defend 1v1 in big spaces. Yeah, yeah. And, and nowadays, well, everything's uh, much more programmed. Is that what good defenders should be able to do? You should do. I think for a big team, and if you want to win, if you play you've higher be, up the pitch on the opposition, you need to be comfortable was, playing thinking, 1v1s in big areas, in big definitely. spaces. I was thinking that this morning when thinking about you coming here, Yap. I think you and Ronnie will have been the first centre-backs in Premier League football that were exposed to the levels that you were, where the full-backs weren't there to protect you. Where the midfield, to be fair, would to be fair run off because they would just that that not run off in a bad way. They would run off just to go and win the game, yeah, win the yeah. ball. You were literally left on your own, you and Ronnie. Mm -hmm. I think you were the first 
centre-backs that I can remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, because we were built on the Baresi period, the sort of Bruce and Pallister period, the sort of era of back fours being tight together, playing offside, the back five at Arsenal. Oh, yeah. I think it's the first time that I think, and I think Sir Alex thought he had to go that way from the sort of rigid 4-4-2 because we weren't rigid at all. And I think you're the first two centre-backs that ever played in the Premier League where you were actually asked to defend that level of space. I can't think of before that where it happened. And I think it was a transformation at the time, you and Ronnie doing what you did. I don't know if you think the same. Yeah, no, probably, yeah. But we were always trying to win football matches, weren't we? We weren't really obsessed with possession or tactics. And, And I don't know if I'm doing the team a disservice. We were... Ferguson was a gambler, wasn't he? Mm. He was a gambler. He was, we we're trying to win football matches and if the lads were at the back 2v2, he, they yeah, could, you, could, you could handle it, to be fair, you and Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we could do and, 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 and we knew what to, you know, what to do in certain situations as well and we knew as well that, that, that Roy uh, was going forward or Scalzi was going forward and, and, and that you guys, uh, you and, and, and Dennis, you know, were like bombing arm as well to put these crosses in as well and I think it's, and, and, that's why they, they well came out to me as well because in Holland we did that of course a lot as well, and I, I like that way of playing as well. You know, it's 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 about yeah, your own responsibility, taking your responsibility, doing your job, doing your business. It's a challenge for a player as well. You know, to be on your toes every time. Um, it, I think it gives you guys as well a little bit more freedom, Roy. At times, yeah, have you well got a bit of protection, yeah? Come on, no, no, no. I'm not your own all the time. No, no, no. I'm not saying that we're on the wrong all the time. One thing they did, of course, they playing sp- against the likes of, of Arsenal yeah. as well. They had a brilliant team as well. You know, sometimes we needed to drop in, of course, a bit as well. When, when was the? F- I mean, we won the treble that season, yeah. But when was the first point that you sort of felt during that season that you thought because it was a bit messy pre-Christmas? Do you remember? I think that was going into the into the season that eventually because because we had well we only lost I think three games that season in the first part of the season though all all in the first yeah, half a lot of draws we uh, we had I believe but you you can you can feel you you're sensing I think as a player in that season that that you're growing and especially during Christmas time after in the second part of the season you can you can feel straight away that everybody was was getting scared of us more or less. Uh, we knew that there was always going to be one or two opportunities, chances that we were going to be scoring. Even when the teams were dropping in all the way, we kept yeah. we kept on going. We kept on going. I think if, for you, you played us in the FA Cup, and you scored two, I think, in the in the last minute. Yeah. And uh, we were just starting with who was coming out of the Evans area into Gerard Houllier, and we were so weak as a team physically. So even I would have been probably. Okay. 21. So I had to mark you. Or if I played Arsenal, I'd have to mark Tony Adams or Duncan Fate. What I'm saying. So I remember the equaliser, I think. I think I'm jumping with you and someone else wins it or something. But I always felt that game for you. And then it was almost that thing of the late goals and then it just sort of kicked on. But if you remember, Jim, if you remember that game in particular, again, we're one nil down against the and Liverpool did have chances, and that's yeah. where the gambling was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Owen got in a couple of times, yeah. but it was that bravery to say, listen, if we're going to. We're going to lose. We're kind of happy to lose 2 or 3 nil. That's where Ferguson was really good. He was a gambler. We, and he'd be throwing wingers on and we'd be going for it. And a little bit of luck. Options off the bench. Mm-hmm. People like Golly. And you go into it. You win them games. You're thinking, that, he's sacking that. The big word again, we always talk about momentum. Mm-hmm. We start to get momentum in the second half of the season. Getting it over the line in certain games. And late goals. Yeah. The one thing when you played against United, you always know the last 15, 20 minutes, they're coming with everything. Mm-hmm. With everything, and that's—I I remember it really clearly now. 
Now, now that you say, I didn't realise it started with um, with Yap and... it, it was always that the, the, the full-back would go on the side of the ball mm. and then the other one that wasn't attacking on that side would stay bound. Right. That, that, yeah. that, that, was, that was the rule. Right. We, we, you know, we, we would have been open then, Gary. So I know when you talk about United at the moment going, they're really open, but we would have the attitude with just say Yap's at the back or whoever... Yeah, we're open. Yeah, yeah. deal but, with it. Yeah, but that, that yeah. It, it, yeah. teams can be open now. And the top Italian teams were going back over the years. I remember watching the great Italian team, and they would leave two v two at the back and they go, "Yeah, we are open." Mm -hmm. But our lads, where we see certain defenders now, we're going, "It's really open." Yeah, but try and try and, and deal with that. Yeah, yeah, try and get past us. But a lot of the modern defenders know it is about shuffling across one or two sit midfielders. Mm -hmm. They're almost not used to doing one v ones. I had it in Italy as well. They're they're very organised. Whatever they were always like shouting me back, and sometimes I wanted to go forward as well and dribble in with that ball as well. And they were like, "Fucking get back in, get back in, stay, stay, stay," because they wanted to like close shop instead yeah. of like, "Okay, deal with it." One who was that? They would be shouting at you in Italy. Who was you playing with there? Was that it? was in Italy. That was Nesta as Nesta, well. Yeah. It was yeah. with Maldini as well and wow. Cafu as well. And, and you know, it was really even the best need help. Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all about, and, and the Italians, like especially in defending, they were like really, really into like. Okay. But, yeah, but you right talk about great defenders in Italy. You played with some at Manchester United. Who was the best defender you played alongside at United? That was Ronnie. I've only been there three years. Mm. United. So we, most of the games I played with Ronnie. Henning was there, of course, as well. Different type of defender. But with Ronnie, uh, we didn't need to talk, communicate. We knew what to do. In certain areas, when the ball was on the left side, he knew that I was going to go in, you know. And Gary was up there, maybe, you know. I picked up the man. Ronnie was there, you know, or, you know, giving me a little bit of cover, or he was like marking his man as well. But we always set up the two of us as well that if, if one got stepped into the midfield or when the striker was dropping in deeper a little bit, he was going to go tight. I was always taking a position. So when that ball was being missed or whatever, or the striker wanted to flick it on, whatever, I could always cover. Even when I had my man, you're always positioning yourself that you can like can go tight. But when he's losing it, and you're always thinking about your your, your fellow teammate, that he's going to be losing that, that battle. And that's how you set up. So when he's losing it, I could always cover for it. Well, the pace helps, doesn't it? The pace, the pace, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. but you need to know, as, as, as a player, well, in every position, you need to know your own qualities, yeah. so you your own make... abilities. So if, if you have pace, if you have a bit more pace, then you can take a little bit more risk. Of course. And, and that's how you position yourself. So you didn't rate the busy What do you think of them two? He used to call me a filler every day. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you call me and Phil? They were like unbelievable. They were so I, I've never experienced that. You know, in Holland it was like always, okay, it was a bit more quiet. And then Gary came in and then Phil joined in as well. It's like unbelievable. They can talk and he can still, well, he's... Yeah. He can still talk. Just at him every yeah. day. Like, was it? It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in a good way. Busy did a good way, not in a bad way. <laughs>
these, how do you call it, the, the parts of the book yeah, uh, yeah. and everything, and they make the headlines yeah. and everything. You don't control the headlines. So, yeah. so my wife said in the morning, you know, I'm going to, I'm gonna buy the paper and see what's in there. So, so fucking hell, she she got she got the paper. She came back home, and, I, and we were like, like, "What's going on over here?" You know, there was like, I don't know what's, what 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 was there the, the first day, but it was quite shocking for us. So I phoned uh, Fergie uh, that morning, and I said, "You know, listen up. You know, I didn't say that. You know, if you read the book, um, yeah. it's not true. It's totally different." And he, he told me, yeah, well, "You know, don't worry about it. You know, I've had it with my book as well." And uh, you know, within a couple of days, it's done. It's, yeah. uh, it's you know, water under the bridge, and and okay, I was I was I was happy. Went to the uh, to the camp with the national team. Was it on the Tuesday, on the Wednesday? Um, his secretary phoned me as well that the manager wanted to talk to me. He got a bollocking over the phone uh, from Sir Alex, and he said, you know, you know, you can't write that, you can't say that again. I told him it's not like that. You know, if you read the book, it doesn't say things like that. You know, the the, the headlines, the, the paper is making it worse just to sell cool. to sell copies and, and you know how it goes. So I was like done. You know, I needed to play in the evening, but I was of course, you know, I was done with with all the stress and and, and the tension. And so I said to my wife after the game on on the Wednesday, on, on Thursday morning, at first I'm going to go to to Fergie. I'll t I want to talk to him early in the morning. So at eight in the morning, I was there. I got a bollocking again in the office. I said, you know, I'm just I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to leave. And you said you were going to leave Yap. Well, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave now. I'm the gonna office. go back home. Oh, the okay. office. Leave the office, yeah. Not leave the club. And um, he phoned me. No, my agent phoned me in, in, the, in the car. He said, uh, "Where are you?" I said, "Well, I just had a meeting with the, with the manager. Didn't go well. I'm back. I'm going, uh, I'm going back home now." He said, "They already sold you." I said, "What?" Yeah, they, they, they basically agreed already with the, with the club. And um, he said, "They're gonna call you. They're gonna phone you." So I hang up. Phone goes straight away. Not even a minute after that, Fergie calls me. Where are you? I say, oh, you know where I am. I'm on my way back home. And he lived close by. He said, well, stop over there, parking spot, and then uh, I'm, I'm coming towards you. So he came to me, stepped into my car, told me that um, they agreed to deal with the club. Um, and he brought in uh, a defender on a free. That was Laurent Blanc. And he wanted to play with Wes and, and Laurent Blanc. And I told him as well that, you know, well, I, I don't know if I want to leave, you know, if I want to go to, to Italy as well, to Lazio. As for, at first, he didn't want to say uh, what club it was. Mm. Uh, then he, he, he said it, but then the relationship is, is gone, isn't gone, it? Yeah. You know, um, the feeling is, is not there anymore. There's, there's, you know, it's cracked. And um, spoke to my wife about it, um, just signed a new deal also with United just a couple of months before. I think we played Blackburn after that. He phoned me in the morning. He said, I'm not going to take you on the squad because of the book, because then a lot of attention goes out to you because of that. And I said, yeah, but if you don't take me within the squad, then there's a lot more, more even more attention. Yeah. You know, why is he not in, the, in there? And then in, I think uh, the deal's been done within, within these days. It needed to be done within these 24 hours because I, uh, otherwise I couldn't play Champions League football anymore. And because of how I am, you know, eventually I, want, I wanted stayed. to play, but they needed to have... They needed to uh, to have that money as well, you know, for the budget. And uh, you wish you'd stayed now. But what budget? Who who said they needed what money? No, at, at that time, they, they mentioned it uh, as well. Yeah. But yeah, to be fair, I mean, it happened yeah. so quickly. Uh, obviously, since he's, you know, as Alex Ferguson said, obviously it's a mistake. But it happened. It was a massive shock. Not I me. Mean, when you said before that you only played for Manchester United for three years, that's it's a travesty, really. Mm -hmm. that you only played for Manchester yeah, United yeah, for three years. The, the quality of centre-back you were, you're one of the best 
centre-backs that's ever played in the Premier League, let alone at Manchester United. Do you wish that you had just said, no, I'm staying, I'm going to see this through? It's part of you, just part of Yeah, sometimes I do. You said that a few weeks ago, Roy, didn't you, that you wish you'd just said, no, I'm staying? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I I, I wish I would have said, no, I'm I'm not. Because you're also curious in, in what would have happened then at that time as well, you know, when you're staying... Do you then still get the chance to play you're hurt, again? Aren't you? Yeah, but you're hurt. You're no, but that's it. You know, you're, you're hurt. You're, you're hurt you're, man. you know, you, you just, you know, you feel so comfortable over there. You're yeah. doing well. You, you're blue. winning all the trophies. You're being respected. Mm. You just sign a new deal. You want to stay for a long time. You know, of course, you need to perform. You know that as well. But then suddenly, from out of the blue, there's there's this message that um, they they've sold you. And 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 I, I told them as well that. It's not a problem that you um, get rid of plays or you need to sell plays, but if they just come up and they say, okay, you know, yep, there's an offer, we need to have money, uh, we need to agree, uh, we need to accept this offer because of you know, certain reasons, uh, then you can like it or not, but then at least you know, you know, they, they tell you the truth in, in how things are going. And now it goes in it goes in, in a certain way that you're thinking, yeah, this is not... Man United, is, listen, Man, listen, yeah, I've experienced Man United, we, great club, brilliant club. But the way they treated players over the years and the way they let players go, and Yap's not the first or the last that I've heard from, it's absolutely disgraceful the way they treated Inch, Inch, Listen, Paul Inch, there's loads of others. A lot of these players who probably didn't think they'd done anything wrong, they were good pros and all this, and I know sometimes you have to move players on. That's, that's the game. very brutal. But, yeah, yeah. Do, you remember, do you remember walking out of the manager's office and seeing me in the canteen? Do you remember that? When I, I said to you, no, you don't, don't need know, to leave. No? no? Yeah, the muffin, the counter. Yeah, yeah, I know that. You're no, the muffin counter. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gary just eating four of them. <laughs> Gary, you said that. Like, I, I, I agree. You said yeah, the and I said to myself, you didn't have to leave. I said, I said, Paul Ince didn't have to leave. You've got a contract. Other players are probably. I think Ollie had a chance to leave. He said no. But when the manager is like saying that to you, and you're so hurt, and you're obviously you got your pride, it's hard to stay. Does it Does it's it help you up when you hear that he said it's the biggest mistake he's made? Does that help? Well, does it help? He could have bought me back as well, couldn't he? But afterwards, well, um, if you're still one of the best in the world, mm. they don't do that. But um, going to the next league in Italy, where you again need to uh, get adjust to everything, but makes it a lot easier because you've already had this experience. Yeah. You know, um, it, you, you become a, an even better player, an even better better person, I think. But you know, I think it's strange. What, yeah, obviously, the manager will say what, what you felt he had to move you on and Inti, and again, budget was mentioned. I heard Inti talking about his new training ground and but he was coming through. My own situation. From to be like, just to, to, to treat you like that, do not think it's so bad? Have you any resentment towards that? Well, at that, at that time, I was, I was furious. Very angry, very angry. The people and, and the family as well. You know, everybody was devastated. I needed to leave myself as well, because you don't expect it. Mm. Like, do you not think? You know, what, like, what, like, what you think? You, you see, you, again, I have, I have talked about this justified anger when you feel you've done nothing wrong. You know, if you, even if you thought the book thing and the other players have written, but I felt I'd done nothing wrong. In see, and then you see players over the last 15, 20 years. I've seen at Man United, even Ferguson, doing a lot worse, yes. and the manager would just almost just let them off the hook. Mm -hmm. Whereas there's certain players where I look back going, I thought what we were supposed to have done wrong was very little, yet they're trying to kick you out the door. Mm -hmm. There's other players whose behaviour, I think, even when I was there, I'm thinking, it's a disgrace what other lads are up to. But the manager would go, no, I'll let them off with that. Mm -hmm. And other players who feel they've done, to me, very little wrong, and they're kicking you out the door. No, it is, it is. It's a joke. 
Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You talk about obviously going to Lazio and then you stay in the three, don't you? You go to sort of AC Milan, so you've you know two great clubs. But I'm sure it'd be for the same for you for for any defender growing up in our era. AC Milan was almost yeah. the team more than probably a Real Madrid. Yeah. You know, oh, when you were growing yeah. up, you think of sort of Maldini, Baresi, the great yeah. teams yeah. that they had. You mentioned Maldini before. I mean, what was that like going to you know a club of that stature with those type of well, players? That was, yeah, well, that was that was great. But again, you go to a team with leaders with uh, great personalities, great players. And Lazio was a big team at that time as well, because, but they had so many financial problems, unbelievable, because I think the owner from Del Monte didn't pay taxes for 20 years. <laughs> and all the players there needed to be sold, and, and Nesta was there as well, and Mikhailovic was there at the time as well, and Crespo was there, and Simeone was there as well when we played, and Akautu was there. Uh, so it was, it was a very good team at that time over there as well. But it's... Um, you know, and, and then they sold all these plays, and I could leave every year as well. But they they, they always said, no, but next year, next year yeah. we're going to be do better. You need to stay, you need to stay. I say, okay, stay, stay. So I stayed there for three years, and after that third year, one 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 year up in my contract, um, there were there was Juventus, Inter, and uh, and Milan. They all all three of them did an offer. I said, you know, the only club I want to go to is Milan, mm. because of the plays that are there now. Like Maldini, Nesta was there, Crespo was there, Kaká, Clarence was there, Sadov, uh, Cafu uh, was there, Dida, Shevchenko, <laughs> Shevchenko was there, Inzaghi was there, uh, and because of the Dutch history, a little, yeah. 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 a little bit there as well. That's why I wanted to go over there and play. Wow. Mm. Yeah, just talk to us about the about Istanbul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, <sighs> honestly. I mean, you know, that was, you, that you was, kill yourselves that night. You killed us as well. I mean, oh, okay, listen, listen, this, this is... Um, What's your story? No, 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 it's better than yours. Jeez. <laughs> right, I, listen, for us it was obviously unbelievable. Be everywhere humble, we go... humble with this. No, but oh. everywhere you go, people yeah. talk about you and you've heard it a million times, our story. <laughs> and I'm, I'm always fascinated by, you know, that the other side of the story. Yeah. And because... You've just named the players then who you were going to yeah. play with. And when you actually look at that team, that photo, sort of our team and their team before yeah. the final, and you think of the, you're almost looking at their team thinking, 
that's one of the best teams, not of that era, ever. It's like, Cafu's probably one of the best right-backs ever. Maldini, one of the best ever. I mean, the midfield, I think, wins the World Cup the year later, sort of, too. So, Pirlo, you got Shevchenko, I think, then, was the best player in the world, maybe best strike. Kaka was about to become the best player. So, it's unbelievable. And we were a a bang average team. (laughs) What we we, we win? No, we win. That's his first correct statement on the over. (laughs) You only need six minutes, don't you? Yeah, but what what was your feeling about actually before the game playing us? Because when you play in the Champions League final, you'd normally expect probably stronger opposition in some ways. You know, we've only finished fifth in the Premier League. I mean, you must have been supremely confident going into it. But I think that's a bit that's a bit how I don't know how Liverpool our fans are are approaching a little bit the the story from your point of view, I think, or not. In terms of that maybe we think that Liverpool the underdog. Is, is is a is a weaker side or weaker players. That, that is not how we approached it. Because we approached that game very professional, as you might think, yeah. with all the players in that team, all the, the ability that we had in that team. All them know exactly what can happen in football. Mm. So if you're a young player and you're looking at team sheets, then you can think, OK, we're going to beat them. But an experienced player who've been playing so many years at top level football is not going to think going into a game and underestimate the opposition. So, so we, our team, we, and in our meetings with the manager, with, with Carlo as well, Ancelotti, we never did that. We never did that. And even during, because, because there's, there's been talks as well that I've heard as well, yeah. and, and, and it really disturbs me as well. Yeah, yeah. In halftime, that people are saying that we were already celebrating yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Well, can, can I, can I can say Can you imagine yeah. players of, of this, Levels. this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. level, yeah. like going into a dressing room, okay, you're 3-0 up, but thinking, Oh, fucking hell, oh, we're going to celebrate, yeah. you know. It's, yeah. it's, I was. It's done. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people outside, they, they say it, Yeah, probably, but we never, because but, Angelotti said it as well, and he made this remark as well. He said, you know, if, if we can score three in, in 45, yeah. the opposition wow. can as well. So we need to be careful. We need to keep on going, you know, and, and, and be strong so, so they don't score, because if they score one and it That happened, was his team talk, was it? Half-time? That was in halftime, his team talk. And because if, if they get one, the confidence is getting back a bit in their team. And that's what happened, because when you guys scored the first one, the organisation within our team was gone. It was confusion or whatever. And then, and then you did it well. And then but, eventually, yeah, well, you scored three in six minutes. But what, you, what you're talking about there, that, that story comes out, and I think it was one of our players, you know, in the aftermath of the games, probably all excited, the journalists, Putting, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. It's not true because I don't need to be in your dressing room to know that because of what you've just said. Players. Maldini's in there, yeah. Ancelotti's yeah. in there, yeah. some of the greatest players of all time. So it was a it was a, a freak what happened in that game, but it was just a story that I think just got said flippantly after mm. the game, and then it becomes it becomes a big they were story. Yeah. And, I, and I thought that was really disrespectful. Oh, you know to use and the professionals and, and the players that you had in that yeah, dressing room. No, it is, it is, because we knew that, well, you're talking about yourselves as, okay, you're, you know, you're the team that's a bit weaker than, than us, but you know in these games as well, and we know that in finals as well, that, you know, there's, in finals, it's, it's always Anything difficult to win. Anything. And even when, even when you're ahead and there's still 50 minutes to play, mm-hmm. anything can happen. You know that as well, you know, and, it, and it's been proven in many, many games. So, so, we, so we were really like, of course, afterwards, we were devastated. What are you up to now? Have you still got ambitions to get back into management or are you enjoying the media stuff? I, I enjoy the media stuff. I'm doing a lot of TV work in Holland. Um, I want to go back in management, but depends on the team, uh, more or less. Depends on the club. The people. Oh, that, 
What's that? The project. The project as well. Everybody's <laughs> talking the project yeah. now. And it's a project. It's good. I've had a couple of these projects once they fucked me off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like to go back in management. But it depends on the team. It, depends, it really depends on the people that you need to work with. Because I had a couple of jobs in, in Holland, Feyenoord as well. And I went to America as well. And then you need to work with people. that In the beginning, they're saying, and, and well, you guys know as well. In the beginning, they're saying, okay, you know, we're going to do this. And we back you up. And bringing the right players in, the type of players that you want to you wanna work with, with the right quality. And at the end of the day, they do their own stuff. And then you, as a manager, you need to work with these players and you're thinking, yeah, but in how I want to play, in the philosophy of your, your style, your project, you can't, you can't do it. So then and that makes a difference. Then you need, to make, you need to change as a manager or you need to set up the team differently as well. And then, well, you, know, you don't but really enjoy why it. Why do you want to go back in when you have had them experiences that you've had that you're just talking about? I need the, the money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Some of us still need to work. No, but it's just like, I think it's, it's a challenge as well. And I like being, being out there. I like working with players, young players as well, to, to improve them, to make them better as well, and to get a team playing in a certain way as well. I find that interesting. What about, what about the, like you, you mentioned that if the right one comes along, how do you know if, especially when you start speaking to some of these people and they're going to say all the right things? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you never, well, you never know really, but it, it's a feeling as well, I think. When, yeah. when, when you have a club, you go to a club and you go to the owners and people and you get a certain uh, impression from them as well that, they want to help you out and back you up. And I don't need to step in, in to, to this level, to the highest level. You know, I can also work in, in low-level uh, low teams. I like to work that as well, as long as we can ac accomplish something together. Right. You know, and you can right. build something and then make that next step. That Reading was so close, wasn't it? It's the Reading, in there. Yeah, yeah. Moments there, yeah. the start of your coaching career. Yeah. If you could have got over the line with the playoffs with them, you know... Yeah, we lost the penalty. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, two ahead, and then, yeah. and then and then you're missing, and then you go out. Then you, you can see that everything's changing. But the danger in that as well, then, with Reading, that you almost go up to the Prem, um, that the owners are thinking, they sold the club to Chinese owners. And these people are thinking that, OK, you've done the first season that well with these players. Yeah. In, in winter and January of the first season, I told them, if you want to keep this up, then next season you need to add extra quality to this team. They always say, yeah, we're yeah. going to be doing that. You know, there's a big budget to do so. At the end of the day, they still buy or they get players in on a free or players who've been playing in, at bigger teams, but they never play. They're always on the bench. Mm. You know, so that's, that's the difficulty, I think. In what is it about that management? Is it that drug of sort of... Because what I miss as a footballer is winning. That feeling when you've won a game, you're back in the dressing room. But for a manager... That must be so much greater because you've got such a you know a bigger responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Is that what drives you back? That you just want that feeling? I think so, isn't it? But it's hard, isn't it? Obviously, it's a lot harder when you're playing. You look after yourself, the management. You're dealing with all them problems. You have just mentioned recruitment, promises from the board. But I think that's that would goes on in lots of. Would clubs. you accept that if you're getting that? It's almost that drug yeah. at the end of the week or that. If feeling. people, it's part of the deal, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. If people are saying that we're going to help you out, we're going to be bringing a certain amount of players in over with a certain ability. Mm. Um, really investing, then you can also accept your um, your loss when they sack you and mm -hmm. you don't get the results. Where's the enjoyment, guys? Where, where's the yeah. enjoyment, man? In, in, you know, because like Jamie's rightly asked, you know, you're going back in, what's, what's the addiction? You know, you, your team, you put your team out there, they play well, and can you enjoy the win? Can yeah, you enjoy yeah. the win? And for a short period of time. <laughs> Half an hour. I'm There is enjoyment in, in, in yeah. doing well and seeing the, the team growing, uh, you know, in how they're playing. Even sometimes when you're not winning, you can still see that there's development, that there's progress, and you, you, well, 
that brings enjoyment as well. And eventually, of course, it's all about winning. You know, you come from a certain level, everybody over here as well, that you eventually want to win your games, of course. Can I, can I just put something to you from an owner's perspective? An owner would say all managers ever do is ask for more players mm -hmm. and that the players that they've signed have cost a lot of money and that the recruitment department have got belief in them and they're being told that this player can be better than they're currently yeah. showing and we can't just ditch them because they're an investment and they're an asset. Mm -hmm. Where's the balance there that sort of from the owner's side to the manager's side whereby you don't feel like you're being lied to, which I think is what you're talking about essentially there. You know, you're talking about, you know, a lack of trust basically between the owners and the manager. But where the owners, you can see that they've put in like maybe half a million pound for a player, four-year deal or three-year deal on 170 grand a year or whatever it might be. They've paid maybe a million quid for that player. It's like, just chuck him away. Can you imagine how that is for an owner yeah, to hear that? Of course, you've got to see it from both sides, 100%. Again... You can criticise owners all you want, but sometimes owners do give the manager a backing. And if your recruitment's not right, again, I, I, when I was done at Ipswich, I brought in players and I looked back and I never, I, I deserved the sack. Absolutely, 100%. I thought, could I have done with a, a little bit longer? Yeah, of course. But you look at the players I brought in going, and I didn't win enough games, you go, yeah, that's, that, that's no blame on the owner for that. Absolutely not. But you hope sometimes when you're going through a difficult spell that you get that back in. But the players you've brought in, they're your choice as well. Yeah. Yeah, so you have to take that, responsibility. That's, that's when you have no. That's when you have no. no but that's an important one. Talk to us about the interview. You go for a manager's interview, and what do you? What's your pitch? You know, how are you sort of selling yourself to that uh, to that owner? And secondly, have you ever sat with an owner where you thought this is just not for me, or I wish I'd not said yes to them because they're just to be fair. I, should, I knew it at day one. Um, well, first, first they talk. They, when, when they invite you, of course, they they know what you can do and probably how you think about football. Then, of course, um, you explain your uh, philosophy of football, how you want to play. I think you have a, have a list of, not a list of players, but in every position, um, you explain the, the players that you need. The profile uh, of player. Profile of players. You've already been looking at that club, the players that are there. Do these players fit with you in your, in your style of play? Mm -hmm. So, so you, you talk about that as well. And then I think it's up to the owners and up to you as a manager as well to make your decision. Um, can we do this? or Can we make something out of this team uh, or not? Have you um, turned jobs down where you've not liked the interview? No, already before. before you Even before going in, into the interview, that, that, that a lot of my agent came and he said, yeah, these, these teams want to talk to you. And I know how they play and I know the players that they're having there. I say, yeah, but I don't, I don't fancy that. I don't want to do that. There's a lot of people out of work afraid mm -hmm. to say no to jobs. Mm -hmm. And they will go in under any circumstances, even yeah, if the yeah. contract's for a year, there's no payoff, you can't bring any staff, it depends on the club. But there's that many managers out there desperate for work. Mm -hmm. they, they're desperate for work. Have you, felt, have you ever felt an interview that you thought, that's just not right for me? Do you know what? Not when I was going for manager, but when I was going in with Martin at Forest, I met the owner. Martin was already in there a few weeks, and we kind of said we'd never work at club level together. International football, obviously, different animal. And I met the owner in London, and as soon as I sat down with him, had a little chat. I, I should have just walked out. I just wasn't feeling it. He said one or two things to me I wasn't comfortable with, but obviously I had a little bit of loyalty. Obviously, with Martin, I thought, listen, I'd go in and try and help out or whatever, even though he'd only been there a few weeks. So, yeah, that, that was a time. That, again, that was a coaching job, slightly different in terms of management. Um, did you tell Martin you, you didn't like the vibe? Yeah, I did. That's the current owner now, the, yeah. the Greece. But when yeah. I met him well, again, what happened? what happened in that? Do you know what we were talking about? The contract situation. He, uh, he spoke about me going in with Martin. I said, well, obviously, I'm not comfortable with the contract. Said, well, basically, along the line, is you've got, you've got enough money. That was a comment thrown at me. Wow. I said, I actually said, it's, nice. well, it's not about, <laughs> when you say it's not about the money, but I always say yeah. to people, it's about your self-worth, what you think you're worth. 
So when he said that to me, I should have just said, mm, you're not for me and gone over. Yeah. But I had Martin in the back of my mind. I thought, no, listen, I've obviously yeah. huge respect for Martin. So I'll kind of get over that little hurdle with the owner. And obviously I still went in there. But then you sit down with the club, you can have all those positive chats. I think I was asked a couple of years ago, and I I've spoke to one or two clubs. And a club offered me a job, maybe, I don't know, maybe two years ago. It's all great, it's all positive and good feedback. And, but then they could give you an offer, you go, no, I, I cannot mm. sign that contract. I just, mm. I can't. Thank God I'm not that desperate or that I need to sign it. Because again, I go back and I always say to people, you have to have a bit of self what what you think you're worth to a club. There's so many pitfalls, man. Oh, the, Mm-hmm. It just feels like, where's, you know, where's the joy? Like, say, where's the joy? So no, you're not going to get ready. Listen, I'm not in a position where uh, someone's going to offer you a four or five year deal and you mm. can bring 10 staff, which yeah. of course, but you've got to give yourself a bit of a chance because I always think if you sign any contract, and I see managers doing it all the time now, they're desperate, they sign a deal. I always think as soon as you go in and you've signed a deal that's mm. basically rubbish, what they must be thinking of you, yeah. they must be thinking, like, this guy, he's signed for anything. Listen, yeah. he's got no bargaining power Jeez. for anything in future, whether yeah. it be recruitment or we can get rid of them when we want, because the contract literally means nothing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's move away from management, because it gets us down a little yeah. bit. <laughs> <laughs> it gets you down a little bit as well. Yeah, Manchester United's current status. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, you've got a Dutch manager that you'll have seen, obviously, in Holland. Eric Ten Hag, who played some of the most beautiful football. Did great things with Ajax in the Champions League, and, obviously, in, in the league. What do you make of what's currently happening at Manchester United under him and sort of what do you make of his tenure so far? I think the first season he's done very well in terms of getting um, trophy, uh, final, uh, Champions League spot. Um, not about his way of playing, first, even, even the first season, because it's more from transition. It's not in how, how we know how uh, Ten Hag wants to play, you know, possession-based a lot of movement going forward, dominating on the opposition's half. They, they haven't done that. So, so first season, good. Second season, now you're thinking, is he going to make progress with that team? You're hoping, you know, by getting players in, making progress in his way of playing, still hopefully getting, getting the results, but at least see more of, of his style of play in what he's been doing in, uh, in Holland and in, uh, in the Champions yeah, League yeah, as well with Ajax. That, that's the bizarre thing for me, um, that... Postacoglu and De Zerbi and other managers going to other clubs and the style of play becomes evident within three months mm-hmm. and you can see what they're doing. No Manchester United manager, probably since Louis van Gaal, and we'll touch on him shortly. So when Jose came in, Oli came in, now Eric Ten Hag's coming. Why can't Eric Ten Hag put his style of play into a team that had £400 and odd million pounds spent on it? Wow. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a difficult one. Because How, I'm, no, but because you, you, you have respect for well, him as manager as a coach. Well, I, I've got respect for him in, in what he's been uh, been doing in Holland um, last season as well with with United as well. Um, I think he's a good coach, and I'm I'm wondering this myself as well. That's why we video play uh, was a couple of months. We asked this question as well to him, and it was in the press as well everywhere. Like, when are we going to be seeing this style of play yeah. that he's been doing with Ajax? And he made a certain comment about that. He can't achieve it here. I don't want to do it here. Something like that. Yeah, he said that he mentioned that um, he can never play the same way um, like Ajax uh, over here. Something like that. That's what he said. But, but I believe no, but I'm surprised as well because I've, I've seen the Zerbi. I've seen, of course, uh, uh, Tottenham as well. You know, in how they're playing. Um, it, it, it's got to do with your players as well. But he, he invested a lot of money in uh, in players. The players that he brought. That he brought here, but are they the right players? To my opinion, not. So, who are you talking about there? So, let's talk about. Let's go through the players he signed. 
Anthony? Anthony is, uh, I, don't, I, I don't think, in, in what I've seen from him and, and how he is, is, is not good enough for this, this level that we're looking for mm. at United. Because you're also looking for a player that um, when he comes in, he can struggle, he can have a difficult time, but you're still looking in a player and, and where is he, is he going to be making progress so he eventually can get to that certain level. And then when you're looking at Anthony now, at this moment, yeah, you don't really see where he. But in Holland, no, but you don't, you you don't really see where he can make the progress yeah. to make that next step yeah. into the Premier League, or you know, to be up there with the top top wingers to to make a difference. You know, in Holland, he did okay. In Holland, it wasn't like he was the best player in Holland. He did okay for Ajax that time. But then again, you get they're playing in a league of a couple of good players, and the rest of the, the rest of the teams, are, are, with all respect, we mediocre players. So he can, by the fee, so he, so he's, he's always, they're always dominating. He can always do his trickery. Yeah. He can always put these crosses in or make a one-two uh, or whatever. But at this level, um, and that's up to recruitment together with the management owners as well. Yeah, you need to make the right choices in bringing the players in that can really make a difference in the. But Eric Ten brought Anthony in. Yeah, yeah. Are you, were you surprised by the fee, ninety million? Oh yeah, I was yeah. What, what do you what would you have paid for him? <laughs> him? Well, I don't know. No, I'm just saying you know you know yeah. from from, from no, no, but I don't know. I don't know. How can I say you know what? What okay, I would have paid for him? Uh, Lissandro Martinez as a centre back. Yeah, he, he, he's a good player. He's got a, he's got a great mentality as well. He, he's very good on the ball as well. But also he needs to he needs to step up as well. Had a had a had a reasonable season. His first season did okay. Um, he's still not not the quickest, so you need to be careful with him as well. You know, in in very big spaces, I, I think that's been exploited a couple of times as well. Yeah, going into battles, you know, in the air as well. He's, he's at times can be vulnerable as well. But he's got a great mentality, and he is a good player. And 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 if you want to play in a certain way, and you want to play possession-based football, then you need to have players who can who can do so. Can I can I go back to this? Uh... Sort of way of playing because when we say there's no style of play, there is a style of play, but it almost feels like what we were doing probably 20 years ago. You sort of wait for moments, uh, you know, transitions. Oh, oh, but you're looking, you're looking, yeah. in, looking in, in how he wants to play because I think that's why they took him. Yeah, yeah. They, they took him, they took Tenag as a manager because in how he played in yeah. the Champions League and with Ajax. The point is, I think when Tenag, you go back to the very first game he played was against Bright, Brighton at home. Yeah. And then they went to Brentford away and it was like trying to play what we'd expect, Dutch football, yeah, Ajax football. Yeah. I think he brought Eriksen in almost to build up as a holding mm-hmm. play. And it went massively wrong. Then they played Liverpool and that was like a, a massive performance. And almost the season morphed into a case of almost, we haven't got the players to do what I want to do. I'm going to play this way for now to get me through. That's what it felt like to me last season and it 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 got them through and I always remember them playing against Man City and Arsenal at Old Trafford and both teams dominated possession and Manchester United won on the counter-attack and I I said at the time brilliant you know really good tactically set them up but eventually Ten Hag will want to do what Arsenal and Manchester City are doing with the ball Mm -hmm. so I think we all expected that this season but I remember speaking to you you know Manchester United better than anyone and you were almost I remember speaking to you last season you, you made a comment to me that I thought you were almost of the opinion that does he need to change because this is almost Manchester United, a bit like, you know, like maybe playing counter-attack pace no, I mean, in the wing. I remember having that conversation. Do Manchester United need to have this sort of big build-up that other teams have? Are you, are you still believe that? No, or? I, I, I just look at the system of... I, I don't see any difference between what Eric Ten Hag's doing, what Oli did and what Mourinho did in terms of playing in moments, counter-attack. Yeah. It, 
poor in possession in big games, losing away from home. Sometimes I, mean, I think Mourinho and all his records away from home when his big teams were better. But the patterns are there from where sort of they played. Louis van Gaal did implement a really... It was a Dutch style of play. It was the Ajax style of play, Barcelona style. But it wasn't Man United, was it? It wasn't Man United. And I didn't enjoy it that much, but he did instill a style of play straight away. And the players all played, and they were, to be fair, they could pass it, no doubt about that. I look at this team now, I'm really surprised. Are you surprised by what you're seeing? I am, yeah. I expected a lot more in a way of playing. And what do you think the end game is here? <laughs> yeah. what, what, where do you think this ends? I, mean, I, don't, you, I don't know. Could you say Man United, has Man United been too big for some of the players, obviously? Whatever about styles of play, maybe the move for, for the lads you've said about the standards in, obviously, Holland. Sometimes it's a fact lads have gone to Man United and it's just too much for them. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. They just can't deal with the expectations. But those signings, Roy, have come from, oh, know, from the course. manager. Well, those ones from yeah. Holland have come from the manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But obviously, no, I, I'm not new to the league. Maybe he got it wrong and thought, listen, I thought these would adapt quicker and better. And clearly they haven't, as you said. He's it's always it's always for a manager, and, and I've done it a couple of times myself as well. But you need to be careful. But it's always that um, if you want to play in a certain way, you're looking at players that you have been work with in the past, mm-hmm. so they can help you out yeah. in yeah. playing in a certain way. Um, Tanag has done that as well. But you need to be you need to be careful because you also need to look at the league and where you're at at the time and where you're going to, if they then can bring the same level of of, of playing. And now with players uh, that came in, you see that a lot of players are struggling in, in bringing that level. Because it's not only about the, the, the technical ability, it's about physique, it's about um, uh, you need to have legs to run up and down the pitch. Um, you, know, you need to be clever as well mentally, you need to be strong as well. So the whole package uh, needs to be there if you want to perform, if you want to go to a certain level. And if you're looking at the players that are at United now, um, yeah, then, it, then it's hard to find within, the, I think, within the whole squad. It's hard to find players that you're thinking, okay, this player is for sure gonna gonna make it to the to the highest to, to the highest yeah. level. Do you think he's in trouble? I think he's. Well, I have a feeling that if, if if you see everything that's happening, even now, even with the press and everything, he's got to be worried. Huh? Well, you got you you, you got to be worried. You got to be thinking about what's what's going to happen now because you, you can ban players. You can do anything. It's also about man management, of course, as well, and how to work with players, how to handle players. There's now the you know the Ronaldo thing, the Sancho thing, the Varane probably. I don't know if something happened over over there now. Um, you know the thing with the press now in, in banning journalists from from the press conference as well. Um, it's, it doesn't work in your favour, I think, as a manager, if, if, if that all happens. Because you need to have peace and quiet. You don't never have peace and quiet, but you need to have things going. And you don't want to pay too much attention to, to other things, to players and, and, uh, and, and, and to press or whatever. You, know? you need to fully focus. And, and you don't, you, I don't think you don't want to, as a manager, you don't want to talk about plays or you don't want to talk about what players do find about you as a, uh, as a manager. You know, it's... So it's uh, I, I worry a little bit for uh, for him, and that's why yeah, it would be good if he gets a result. Yeah, we want to ask you a question. The best centre backs in Premier League history, and we're going oh, na- to name some. So name. I'm put Vincent Company, John Terry, Nemanja Vidic, Rio Ferdinand, Yap Stam, Steve Bruce, Gary Pallister. Any others to throw? Tony in? Adams. Tony man. Adams. Yeah. Tony Dijk. Adams. Sol Campbell. Van Virgil Van Dijk. There's just 10 off the top of my head. 
So he's yeah. got what, a pick two you, from them? No, he's got to pick a centre back partner right. to play partner. alongside him. It's better that you so, pick so one so for me. Eh? It's better that you guys pick one yeah, for me. No, no. Something. Who would you like to play with, Yap? Who's the one that you thought That's... what a centre back he is? No, but yeah, but from Yap's point of view, Yap's got. Well, he's you got pick everything. one, then, Yap. I'm happy for you to pick you know as what? well. If I've got Yap's stamp, I'd put Tony Adams next to him. I'd put Tony Adams. No, not just because, obviously, he's, he's, the, he's mm. my captain and he's great and everything, but. Is that think... a push training back for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I know with that capability, with Yap, with his, with his size, with his pace, with his footballing ability, with someone like Tony next to him, you know, I wouldn't be obviously as quick as him, but his organisation, his leader, it, I think that would be formidable. I'd go John Terry and Virgil van Dijk. What I'm about you? Play your back three. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> You've just been dropped. I got sick on the bed. Thanks for that. So who you got next? Who you got next? Oh, he's definitely playing. Yeah, he's definitely oh, playing. He's playing. He's gonna put himself in that. Jeez. I would. I would go Van Dijk. Yeah, that'd be smooth. That'd be smooth. Who would you go with? Mm. Rio would be brilliant next to him as well. To be honest. Um, do people to... forget about Saul Campbell a lot, don't they? Do you think Saul was that good? Saul was good. Yeah, Saul was, yeah. Soul. Again, yeah, he's another one because because of what Yaps because of what Yaps capable of doing. You can have someone like Saul. He's not so great on the ball and everything, but in all the sure. other. I think I'm going to go John Terry with Yaps Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you going with, Rakeen? I'm going with you. No, I don't want to play next to you. <laughs> I probably I could get away with playing next to Yap. I'm going he's with you. Tony Adams. You're going to go with Tony, Tony Adams. Adams. Tony Adams. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Tony Adams and Yap. And Yap, you've got to pick one. You've got to pick a partner out of the Premier League greats to play alongside. Who is the best Premier League centre-back in your mind to play alongside you? I don't mind, I don't know. To finish this show it, off. I find it hard. <laughs> no, come on, Yap. Oh, everybody. Come on. Well. Gary played with you for a few months. Didn't <laughs> <you>? <laughs> <laughs> That's when we lost them three games all yeah. yeah. <laughs> I keep it Dutch. I knew it. Nice. You're going for Van Dyke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'll be a good pair. It'll, It'll be, be a amazing. formidable pair. Unbelievable. It would be, I think, a good partnership. I like the other ones as well, but I think Virgil yeah. is is a very good yeah. player. Can, can, I, can I ask you about Van Dyke? Because it feels Next when he goes, no, <laughs> no, go on, it feels like he gets. Uh, <laughs> but I only read reports, but he, uh, for the Dutch national team, it seems like he gets a little bit of criticism, like sort of Van Baston and, and yeah, maybe yeah. they. They're, they're thinking communication is coaching. He's not doing enough. Okay. His leadership, you mean? His leadership, yeah, on the pitch. I think okay. they, he needs to do more, especially when the team's not playing well, that he, he needs to be the one to tell the players what to do and put them in position yeah, so they can that. make a difference. Yeah. Is that fair? They say he's not doing that. I, I don't know. I find that hard to to see on the pitch, you know, from television, whether the games that I'm, I'm seeing, it's, mm. it's hard to. Sometimes you're looking at a defender as well in his coaching and what he's doing. I think he's, he's, he's trying to. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's fair, to be honest. He's, he's, he's of a certain age. I, I still think there's, there's if, if you can talk about improvement, certain things that he, he can improve or can, or can do differently. What would they be? That would be his positioning. Mm. I think he, at times he's making it difficult for himself that he needs to chase or he, wasn't, he doesn't, doesn't want to chase or he's stepping up, trying to, get to, trying to put players offside. And we spoke about it in the beginning. If his positioning is a little bit better, so he covers a little bit or he steps a little bit more back, then he can solve a lot of things, I think, for himself and for his teammates as well. So you don't get done on the, in transition on the counter. Yeah, great to speak to you. Thank you, Ian, guys. Roy, Thank Cara. You. Thank great you to speak to you. Enjoyed the episode. In, and we'll Thanks. see you again next week. Can we make a picture? 
Was he in? Yeah, yeah. Stam is a big Dutchman. Get past him if you think you can. Try a little trick and make it look a prick. Yep, 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 Stam. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.